Hi everybody, this is George Heffler with The Best Little Horror House in Philly, the show where we talk about the best horror movie ever made, according to our guest at least, and today's guest is Ryan Lonergan. How's it going, Ryan? Going good. How are you, George? I'm doing well myself. Ryan is a really good friend of mine, and we go to a lot of shows together, but we also go to a lot of movies together. We've seen a bunch of Marvel movies and stuff together, Yeah. but you're not a huge horror guy, is that right? Exactly. I just recently got into horror. Mainly with your suggestion of, um... On the Earwolf Network, the show in Voorhees We Trust with Gorley and Rust came out. And uh, that is what I was trying to say. I could not remember. <laughs> yeah, but uh, Ryan Ryan's a big fan of uh, Comedy Bang Bang, which both of those guys have been on. So it was an easy, easy decision to listen. And it's actually really interesting because that was a very similar way that I got into horror was, um, you know, there was... Uh, Cabin in the Woods was a big instigator for it, but also... Friday the 13th, because it was, like, it's easy to digest, kind of. It's Like, it's it's definitely a horror movie, yep. but because it's so campy, because it's from a different era, it really kind of lets you remove yourself from it a little more than some of the more modern-day stuff, because it ha- it, that slickness yep. makes you feel more in it. So it's a little easier to digest something like Friday the 13th and kind of ease your way in. It's like it's like going slowly into the kiddie pool and exactly. then graduating. I think on top of that, it's just that it's it's a lot more simple of a storyline. Yeah. Like, hey, there's this killer. <laughs> killing people at this camp. Yeah. Easy so peasy. I just kind of understood it. It's not <laughs> as, like, existential or scary. Mm, yeah. Yeah, for sure. Doesn't make you question everything. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not worried about Jason as I'm walking home. Yeah, exactly. Was there something that scared you off from horror as a kid, or it was just something you never had any interest in? So the first horror movie I ever remember seeing... And the last one I saw for probably 10 years was The Exorcist. (laughs) Sure. I was probably (laughs) five or six. My older cousin forced me to watch this movie. Made me sit on his couch and watch this movie with him. And I have never been more scared in my entire life. Wow. I'm sure. So I actually watched that for the first time last year. And, (laughs) like, I was genuinely really scared. I've gotten to the point where, like... I don't really get, like, scared by that much anymore. And I, like, (laughs) truly was, like, I am having trouble getting to sleep tonight (laughs) because it's still really effective. Those, like, brief subliminal devil images. Yeah, the Pazuzu uh, (laughs) single-frame images. Horrible. They stick with you. They definitely stick with you. God, the crucifix scene is, like, it shook me to my core. (laughs) It's it's fucked up. That's a really fucked up movie. So I get it. I, I understand why that would... Um, Took me a very long time to get back. That would scare you off. Now, something that I think helps to kind of ease back into it, I obviously know you're a big comedy fan. Yep. So when I was suggesting movies to help you get into horror more, I definitely was like, well, let me kind of suggest some of these horror comedies that um, have really kind of picked up popularity in the last couple uh, years like the last decade or so yeah, you see a lot of comedy actors yeah. becoming horror directors and stuff yeah. like that yeah yeah very successful so I, I was like this this is kind of the way that will will trick you in <laughs> with, with plenty of jokes um, and I was treated yeah that's what <laughs> wow perfect segue because the movie that we're talking about today is uh, Trick or Treat the 2007 movie by uh, Michael Doherty he wrote and directed it this is, it's one of my favorite Halloween time movies. I think that it so perfectly uh, encapsulates the holiday for me that it, like, it's, I mean, it's feels a little cheesy to say because he literally is the spirit of Halloween in this movie, but, like, uh, Sam is, like, the perfect Halloween day, like, thing. I love yes. it. I think that it's, it's perfect. Sam, honestly, the movie is a wholesome movie. Yeah. Sam is a good dude. <laughs> He just don't break the rules. Adorable yeah. little kid, and he doesn't want you to break Halloween's rules. Yeah, I That's get it. it. I get it. Honestly, <laughs> so let's talk about this director for a little bit, uh, Michael Doherty. This is the the first movie that he directed, but he had written the screenplay for X Two, widely regarded as one of the few good X Men movies. Yeah. They're they're a rare breed, but. You know, they are there, and I, I think that that one's really good. People really like to point out the raid on the X-Mansion as being one of the cool parts of X2. Um, I wish that it had been a little... I mean, look, I get that it can't be, 
like it's, it needs to appeal to a mass audience so it can't be like super crazy bloody but like when Wolverine is going nuts in the yeah. in the mansion, you're like, I want to see something. It's why we were so happy when we saw Logan. Yeah, and it's why. Yeah, that's why. I think that that is genuinely part of why Logan did so well is because it's it kind of treated the subject as as a more mature thing, which it, it is. I mean, Logan is a very violent character. Yeah. Um, I also love Just Colossus the story too. Yeah. Oh yeah, the story was really good too. I, I love Colossus too, so that was nice to see in in X two. So uh, as far as I'm concerned, check good yeah. movie by Michael Doherty uh, that he wrote. Also, shout out to all the X-Men fans. This is the second time that X-Men has come up on one of these podcasts. Let's go. Then Michael Doherty also uh, wrote Superman Returns. I can't quite give that one a check for a good movie. It's no, not. It's but not it is coming movie. back. That's true. It's going to be on the Or Crisis on Infinite Earth. That's right. Yeah, Brandon Routh, is, uh, he's yep. going to be it, right? Yeah. Cool. That is cool. And then he... And then he wrote and directed this, Trick or Treat. So this is his first horror movie that he wrote and directed. But it still, like we said, has that kind of comedy infusion. Uh, and he keeps that going because he also uh, wrote and directed Krampus, where first you get your Halloween horror comedy, then he jumps to Christmas. Uh, next, maybe New Year's, Valentine's Day. Who knows what Michael Doherty will, I think will we capture to, next. I think we need him to keep going. All the Yeah, I agree. I think that he should do one for every month. Tell me uh, fair. 12 movies. Some studio has got to gotta set this up. Yes. <laughs> And then, uh, more recently, he just did Godzilla, King of the Monsters. Um, another weird jump, but a movie that I love. <laughs> I really, like, it I gave me exactly what I wanted out of a Godzilla movie. I, this year, watched every single Godzilla movie. Um, I had seen a bunch of them already, but I was like, I'm going to do the whole thing. Um, and so I watched, it's like 31 Godzilla movies. Maybe even more than that. It's a crazy amount. And then uh, and then it, I led right up to Godzilla King of the Monsters. I've seen some of the Godzillas, mainly like the big blockbusters. That yeah. Came out more recently. Yeah, I'm sure you saw the, probably the shitty 1998 one oh, with Matthew Broderick. <laughs> it's truly... Um, the only redeeming factor is that uh, Madison Square Garden gets destroyed. Boo, right. Knicks. Go Sixers. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, I think that Godzilla King of the Monsters is really good. I think that Michael Doherty has a really good understanding of what his audience wants to see. And so I think that that came across in the horror comedies that he directed, and it came across in Godzilla, because I really did not like um, the 2017 Godzilla. Uh, oh, see, I did. I, I thought that it was, it felt like it was a shame to be a Godzilla movie, where like you never really saw him. It was always like on the TV screen. Or he was, like, ducking behind a building or something. I'm like, I'm here to see him. <laughs> and I think that this one really did that. It was it was like, hey, here's all the monsters on screen. Um, and they're fighting for your pleasure. <laughs> so there you go. That's my mini review of Godzilla, King of the Monsters. <laughs> but yeah, so so Michael Doherty's had kind of a, an interesting career. I, I think that it, it's been, by and large, a pretty successful one. I think that it seems like he's pretty... Uh, choosy about what he yeah. what he does and that he really puts the effort in. When I was like looking into this movie, there were eighteen drafts of Trick or Treat. Oh wow! Yeah. So for him, like, clearly he like he goes through. He takes the time to really uh, make sure that it's good, which I can appreciate as a discerning viewer. <laughs> and honestly, it makes sense for a movie like this, mm -hmm. mainly because there's so many like storylines that we'll get into. Yeah. And having them all connected, so it's cool to see that he put it in work and then yeah, know, cheap out. Yeah, definitely. So let's actually, let's get into it then. For those of you who've never seen this movie, the overall idea is that uh, it it's, takes place on Halloween night, and it's a bunch of different stories that kind of intertwine with each other, and everyone is like crossing paths, so it's like a bunch of different little uh, vignettes. But it's nice, because throughout the course of this movie, you really get so many different genres yeah there's vampire werewolf home invasion uh like slasher next door ghost slash zombie children <laughs> yeah you get basically every halloween story you'd want yeah plus a nice little plot line going through about sam there you go yeah connecting it all together that's right yeah sam uh it, so his name is Short for Sawin, which, as uh, we find out from the quote-unquote idiot savant, it's the Celtic name for what Halloween had, uh, once was, as she says, often involved human sacrifice. So that's that's interesting. Fun fact. So the, uh, the movie starts off with a great like Halloween PSA about like never going out with strangers or anything, and it really kind of puts your mind in the sort of... 
I don't want to say cheesy mindset, but it kind of lets you know that it's supposed to be referential and a throwback. But what's really cool is that it has a cool aspect ratio shift right at the top where the PSA is in this kind of little little frame and then it shifts out to normal uh, normal aspect ratio. Yeah, it starts off like one of those uh, like old school like rounded TVs. Yeah. That well, you always see in 50s and 60s stuff. Yeah. And, so and it's it's nice because if, if this very much feels like a bunch of ghost stories that would have started back then, modernized, and it, it kind of fades in on just like a house on Halloween, and we get this couple who are fighting. Their names are Emma and Henry. They're arguing about how um, she wants to take down their Halloween decorations tonight because her mother is coming over tomorrow, and she'll have a coronary and and Henry's like, well, we'll save her for tomorrow, whatever. And she's like, no, I, I just want to get this all down now. Right there, instant violation. Yeah. You never come home from a party on Halloween and start cleaning up Halloween decorations. Yeah. I, I mean, look, I understand the appeal of, like, waking up in the morning and, and not having to do stuff. But, look, it's it's still the holiday. You still got to leave it up. Yeah. You're going to have to put up new decorations anyway. Yeah. Transitions right into Thanksgiving. Exactly. Yeah, and so Do Christmas decorations are coming up soon anyway. So, uh, in my in my opinion, Emma is in the wrong here. Yes. Uh, Sam feels similarly. Henry goes into his house to uh, jerk off, and he watches uh, a, a porno that is nature labeled, special. Yes, it's labeled nature special. Also, I got to say that for someone who hates Halloween, uh, as she says that she does. They really went all out. Yeah. Some <laughs> fantastic decorations. Yeah, for sure. While she's out there, she's taking down these decorations. You get a great play on the classic trope where you, she looks across the street and there's like a, a weird person just like standing across from her in a mask. You think that this is going to be someone who's going to attack her. And uh, no, they they kind of pull the rug out from under you and he just gets into a car with his friends. And I think that that kind of says a lot about the movie as well, where it's like what you think is going to happen is not necessarily the way that this is actually going to shake out. He's saying, like, I'm here to mess with the rules. I know the rules, and that lets me break them. So that kind of meta commentary on the tropes of Halloween, I like that he kind of puts that right up front. It's also cool that he's breaking rules, Mm -hmm. and a lot of the plot about the movie is people breaking rules. Yeah, that's a really good point. And I think that you get, like, a nice quick scare right off the top. And so you get a little quick build, a little quick release, it's like yeah we're we're here for this roller coaster it's a great fake out and then she goes back to keep taking down her decorations and out jumps sam although we don't see him at the time but you do see the lollipop that he uses to slash her and let me tell you those hard lollipops will cut you man they're serious they are the worst halloween candy yeah don't give out lollipops anything that is as hard as a rock you should not yeah chocolate I mean, that's really your best yeah. bet. Just get like, just get the fun-sized chocolates. <laughs> Nobody complains about chocolate. Yeah, yeah. And you should. Sure. From there, it, it says, all right, this is kind of like an end point where we're jumping back in time. So we've seen sort of the end of the night where people are coming home frustrated and ready for bed and everything. And then we're, they're like, we jump back. The opening credits really remind me of Creepshow in a good way. It's got a very similar tongue-in-cheek tone to this movie where it's like oh well, like, we're gonna present like a bunch of short stories and it this really feels kind of like a spiritual successor to creep show a new tv show for creep show has come out it's very good i thought i heard their name recently yeah but I um, it's, it's kind of interesting that it's bouncing back and forth but in the interim we hadn't had any creep show and this really feels like a, a nice way to have filled in the gap while in the in the meantime right at the beginning there's we open up into a uh, like a Halloween costume shop, your classic like spirit Halloween sort of thing, and we hear a bunch of twenty-something-year-old girls chatting in the fitting rooms, and there's a kid spying on them, and they're all chatting about how they shack up with these guys, or so so we think. Cute little bear costume. Yeah, creeping on all these girls. Yeah, he was a that kid was a weirdo. Don't yes, don't spy was. on people. <laughs> Um, it also had, like, really fancy costumes, it felt like. Yeah. Those looked like really good quality. Yeah, like, a little <laughs> space to get changed in. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Anna Paquin comes out, and, and they're all kind of dressed as, like, Disney princesses and people from folktales sort yep. of thing. There's, like, a Snow White, Cinderella-looking person. She's Little Red Riding Hood. There's one more, and we we can't remember her costume. 
Um, so sorry, costume designers, that one didn't jump out. <laughs> yeah, Halloween podcast and not a costume design podcast. Yeah, that's true. It was somewhere else. Um, <laughs> and so uh, they they all come out, and it's Anna Paquin, which she's a great actor. She's no uh, she's she's not unfamiliar with horror. She was on True Blood, a show that I. Watched for longer than I like to admit. Uh, it was a real guilty pleasure of mine for a long time. It filled the Greek-shaped hole in my heart. I uh, cannot finish that final season. Oh, yeah? Oh, Greek was also a great show. Greek was a great show. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, the final season, True Blood, I fell off. When they were like, oh, we're uh, members of, like, the fairy Yes, yeah. That was when I stopped we're watching. Okay. Wait a second. <laughs> but it was still a lot of fun, and Anna Packham was great in it, and it was really nice to see her show up in this. Yes. She also, another X-Men Yes. Connection. Um, she was Rogue was in X2, so I assume that that's probably how they met for this. That makes sense. And so, like I said, it, we assume that they're talking about, like, hooking up with guys, but for this particular storyline, what they're actually doing is she is... She says, like, oh, I want my first time to be special. Uh, she's like, oh, you're you're 22, it's time. The, the rest of them get their dates. They're like, all right, we're going to this party. Meet up with us after you find someone to be your date for this. Uh, she's wandering around looking for someone, and uh, she she ha- doesn't seem to have any luck. And, uh, yeah, and so uh, she's walking towards the woods, and all of a sudden someone steps out that we see uh, in, a, in a different vignette has already killed someone. We yes. they're a vampire. They like bit them and then uh this left this girl to bleed out in the streets. Wearing like an almost uh black Phantom of the Opera mask. Yeah, it looks it looks kind of Phantom of the Opera. It's very dramatic. Yes. <laughs> um and uh and she gets attacked by this guy. So this is now his second attack of the night. Cut to the party. And Anna Paquin's, like, gown, her little red riding hood, <laughs> the, the titular hood, <laughs> um, it gets, like, thrown into the party with, like, a weird noise, and uh, they think it's her, they go to check. Kind of looks like a body. Kind of looks like a body, um, and it turns out that it's this guy who attacked her, and you're like, oh, shit, what happened? Like, how'd she defend herself? And she rolls in and says something about how he attacked her, and so uh, I took I took your advice and played hard to get, and so I, I lured him in. Mm-hmm. And he, he's he's just basically destroyed. Like, his leg is snapped in half, basically. Very bloody. Yeah, it's really, uh, like, a Wider. gruesome, gruesome effect. He's like, what? Like, what's happening here? Like, who are you people? And they all start howling and everything, and, and it turns out that they're werewolves. So there's your werewolves off the bat. Check. We got them. Very nice. One thing I want to mention is that it's, I think it's a really cool effect. Michael Doherty has been on the record as saying that he thinks that full CGI effects are utter garbage, Mm -hmm. which I am inclined to agree with. So these are practical effects with a little bit of CGI added on. I think it's obvious. It's really obvious to tell that it's a practical effect. It looks great. I also think that it's an interesting and like pretty unique addition to kind of werewolf lore. Like I don't know that I've ever seen where it's like a flesh suit that they have to yeah. like split open and like pull off themselves. But it was an also it was also an awesome combination of mixing that little red riding hood mm. with a werewolf. Yeah, exactly. Because it's obviously the werewolf a big werewolf skin. Yeah. So it was very cool to see Oh yeah. them exactly. combine those two stories. Right. Plus earlier there's another wolf reference when uh, Anna Paquin doesn't want to come out of the dressing room her yep. sister knocks and says uh, I'll huff and I'll puff and, yep. and it's obviously a reference to the three little pigs another wolf reference Anna Paquin's name in that scene is Lori possibly a reference to Halloween who knows <laughs> so that's our first vignette it's a lot of fun uh, Anna Paquin is really good in it here's our second vignette Principal Wilkins oh, Principal the Principal Wilkins, Wilkins one and I should say that these are these are all jumping around back and forth. I'm I'm kind of talking about the plot of them in order just to keep ourselves sane. So yes. we're not trying to uh, jump around. But in the actual movie, it's it's very much like they're all intertwined with yep. each other. Um, so Prince, Principal Wilkins he sees kids smashing pumpkins just as he walks down the street, and uh, he kind of takes him aside, and it, he's got a real aura of menace about him. It's real creepy. Despite the fact that he is being ostensibly nice, he invites the kid to sit down, he offers him some some candy, and he brandishes a knife at the jack-o'-lantern he's sitting there carving while the kid eats, 
And um, I have to say that when he when he stumbles upon this this kid, not only is he smashing pumpkins, he also is taking a handful of candy from the t- please take one we're not home bowl. So I gotta ask Ryan, what's how do you handle those? Are you do you abide by it? You're a one guy, or do you dump the whole the whole bowl in? Oh, we we dump the bowl, dude. Uh, so many times. I was always too nervous for that. I was always like, I'll take like three, like I, I like I'll take a couple. But I'm I will not. say, I am a coward. <laughs> so it was never my plan mm-hmm. to steal the bowl of candy. Yeah, I was always one hundred percent peer pressure into. <laughs> Peer pressure is bad, kids. Yes, don't, it is. Don't, uh, don't peer pressure your friends. But at the end, you did get a bunch of candy, so exactly. uh, I guess I get it. <laughs> Always worked out. Yeah. Well, it actually it didn't pay off for, for this young man in, uh, in this movie because it turns out that Mr. Wilkins says, um, you forgot to check your candy, which you always got to do. And it's poisoned, and he just throws up yep. an insane amount of blood. Just amazingly impressive. I, yeah. It, I don't I don't know that there's actually that much blood uh in in I mean definitely in the human body but like not not in his stomach. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh so he's real it's like a funny gag. Like he's it's like three different They pause a few times. Yeah, yeah. Keep it going. Um so he finally slumps over dead. Principal Wilkins drags him in, struggling as he uh, as he's like trying to figure out how to maneuver him into there. And as he's dragging this kid in, Making he a just huge mess at the yeah, same time. he gets so much blood on his shirt too. It's just like a huge streak down the entire front of his shirt. So he goes to bury this kid in the backyard. Uh, it's not the only body back there. He it's implied that this is his wife um, because. His son pops his head out and says, hey, Dad, I'm home. Uh, you got to help me carve the jack-o'-lantern. Don't forget. And he's like, go watch Charlie Brown, son. And he's like, Charlie Brown's an asshole. Which is classical. <laughs> that is a classic Might line. be one of my favorites. I do have a soft spot for Charlie Brown, but I can't deny that he is a bit of an asshole. Well, so I don't have an issue with Charlie Brown either. I like yeah. Charlie Brown. Yeah. But just seeing, like, a five-year-old boy yeah. screaming out his back window yeah. to his dad. Charlie Brown's, Charlie an, Brown's asshole. an asshole. <laughs> it's really amazing. funny. Yeah, it's really funny. It. And uh, it's it's also, we get a nice comeback as well because uh, Principal Wilkins admonishes his son uh, language and it's it's just like a really funny uh, comparison to see this guy who literally just murdered a kid <laughs> uh, just admonishing his son for language. And as the kid goes back inside, Principal Wilkins is like muttering under his breath like, Oh, help me with the jack-o'-lantern. I don't want to watch Charlie Brown. I wish Mommy was still alive. Very dark principle. Yeah, very. Uh, it's very dark. And it's implied that that is... Because you see a second body in the pit. It's implied that this is the mother. Um, she's started rotting, unfortunately, because we hear from the neighbor that it smells like a dead whore back there in uh, some very colorful language from Mr. Krieg. It's not a very good stench. No. And... He's muttering under his breath. It sounds like he's going to go kill his son. And he walks in. Uh, the son even scares him. He yep. jumps out at him. Uh, and he, he's like, all right, you know what? Let's let's go carve the jack-o'-lantern. Like, let's go downstairs. Um, and he grabs the knife and he hides it behind his back. And he leads the kid down. And you're like, it's genuinely tense. So my favorite part about that scene was when he is gradually walking that kid down the steps. Mm. And... You're sitting there on the edge of your seat, and that little boy was hopping yeah. down the steps. Yeah, he was hype. He had no worry. Mm-hmm. He was just very cool. Yeah, he, he he didn't suspect a thing. No. Principal Wilkins, he brings the knife down, and he pulls it back out, and there's some blood on the end. And you think that he's killed his son, but plot twist, it's actually the head of the boy that he just killed... And the son is in on it the whole time. This is the jack-o'-lantern that they were talking about. He needs help with, he needs help with the boy's eyes. Yep. Uh, it's very creepy. Yeah. This It really kind of puts the whole, everything that the son had said up to that point kind of in perspective. You understand that he is uh, just as messed up as the dad. And it's funny because when Mr. Krieg, the neighbor, uh, is walking back into his house, he says, keep your son out of my, out of my yard. That freak, and you're like, oh, that's a jackass old man. But it turns out that he's right. <laughs> this but kid is a freaking weirdo. That does not get him off the hook. For being no, a it's true. Old it's man. true. But we'll come back to that. Yeah, 
So that's that's that vignette. But then also the way that that intertwines is that Principal Wilkins says that that they need to do they need to do this quickly because he has a date later. Find out that he was the guy who attacked Anna Paquin's character in the vignette one prior to this, and I was like, I literally didn't even click the first time I saw this that that was the date that he was referring to. Yeah. So there's a nice point of connection there. The next storyline that we we see is a, a bunch of kids who are collecting pumpkins. They or jack o' lanterns. They say it's for UNICEF. They're doing like a charity scavenger hunt, and they actually ask uh, Principal Wilkins if they can have his jack o' lantern, which he acquiesces. Anything for a good cause, he says. Very nice guy. Yeah, <laughs> and um, and so they take his pumpkin. They meet up with their friend. And then they collect one final person for their group, whose name is Rhonda, uh, a Halloween fanatic, quote-unquote, an idiot savant. And she definitely seems to have something off about her. She has, seems to have a hard time connecting with with the rest of the group. Yeah. I would not describe her as an idiot savant the no. way they did, though. No. No, I don't like, think I would either. She's definitely... You definitely shouldn't... We shouldn't acknowledge anyone as an idiot. It's fun. Yeah. It's pretty but aggressive. Pretty aggressive. That is not where I would go with that either. No. And so, this group goes to the local rock quarry where the... My favorite Halloween hangout. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's a classic a classic place. So, the leader of the gang, Macy, she tells them the, the, a local urban legend... The Halloween school bus massacre. They say in hushed tones. It's very, it's very nice. It has a good ring to it. Wait till you find out what it's about. Yeah. The, so the Halloween school bus massacre. There's eight mentally handicapped children, who the parents are all very ashamed of them. They send them to a school outside of town. They don't talk about them or anything. People don't even really know that they exist. And basically, they're like, oh. Uh, it's too much work dealing with these kids. So we're going to pay their bus driver to kind of tip them off the ledge of this rock quarry uh, into the water below, killing them. Just some truly maniacal parents. Yeah, it's pretty wild that they got literally everyone to go along with. <laughs> like eight different groups Wait, of parents. you guys don't want to deal with your kid either? <laughs> like, pretty wild stuff. And bus driver, he says that he'll do it. He's going through and checking everyone's, like, chains that they are chained into their seats instead of... Which they were very cool with. Yeah, well, I mean, I, don't, I guess it wasn't the first time. Uh, mm-hmm. That one, the one kid seems... He knows. Yeah, he, he understands that they, they've gone the wrong way. He wants to go home. Um, and this bus driver is checking, and he's, he's checking their seatbelts, which are really chains, and he's giving them candy. And he's giving them, like, full... He has, like, a full-size candy yeah. bar in that, uh, in that bag. Like, that's... Pretty impressive that hey, for these kids, they are going to die. You guys may die, but I'm going to <laughs> yeah. give you a good kid. Yeah, they're going out in style. It is trick or treat. Yeah. Not well, trick they get both. Nothing. Trick and oh, treat. That's tr- <laughs> they work the rules. That's, yeah, exactly. Not trick and treat. Yeah. <laughs> so this is this is the punishment. Um, what's what's your favorite candy? If if you were getting a full size candy, what would you like? What what's your ideal candy bar that you're going to get? My favorite candy bar. If I'm not going Reese's cups. Mm. You mean Reese's cups. Reese's cups. No. <laughs> I am firmly on the line of Reese's cups. <laughs> right. All right. Go ahead. And Reese's pieces. Oh, my God. They're pieces that belong to Reese. But they're, they're not Reese's. pieces of Reese's. Yes, they are. It's little tiny peanut butter. Oh, <laughs> oh my God. Whatever. Um, <laughs> People, all right. Let us know what side you're on. All right. Tweet at us. Let us know if you think that it is Reese's pieces because they are pieces of of Reese's Only when it candy. is a name, it is that a how name. it is pronounced. It's the man named Reese who made the candy. That's not true. Yes, it is true. That's not true. What do you mean it's not true? Let us know what you think. If it's Reese's Pieces or Reese's Pieces. Unless you think what George thinks. Then it's like, <laughs> don't let me know. <laughs> okay. So, yes. What, 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 uh, what are you trying to get out of what this? What I would probably uh, go. Like, oh, what's your idea? Interesting. That's, a, that's a good one. It's all, got five. It's got five things. Yeah, it is all best things. <laughs> Honestly, candy is not hard. Yeah. You just keep adding stuff. Yeah, it's true. You know um, what? If they made a take six. Wow. Sorry, take five. <laughs> it's not that hard. <laughs> what? All right. What's the sixth ingredient? What are you? What are you trying to put in there? Uh, I probably offer some marshmallow. Damn. That's a that's a good pull. That was quick too. You thought about this before? <laughs> Honestly, I have not. But I've wow. recently been eating peanut butter and fluff sandwiches. Damn. Some marshmallow. A classic fluff nutter move. Oh yeah. 
that's great for me. I'm gonna say like if I'm if I'm getting like a like a fun size thing, I honestly like going with a, a Kit Kat every now and then. Very good. Kit Kat's a little underrated. I don't like buying them for myself, the fun but I like getting them. Yeah, they do. Um, I'm also people who know me know I'm a big proponent of uh, freezing candy. I put pretty much every chocolate thing that I get in the freezer. I think that Kit Kats really benefit from the freezer in I'm particular. Sure. Yeah. So that's my move. But if I'm going full size, I agree. Uh, Reese's cup is a classic move. Uh-huh. Hard to go, hard to go wrong with. <laughs> so how did we even get there? Oh yeah, give it out the candy to the kids. Yep. <laughs> okay. Oh no. We're no, the, uh, the bus on the bus. Uh, and so, so the the one kid who understands that they went the wrong way is starting to panic. He wants to go home. So he manages to get out of his restraints. He has leather cuffs on his hands instead of the typical chain that the rest of them had. Seems like a strange oversight, but there you go. It was also a very... It was one of the most, to me, ominous scenes mm -hmm. in the movie. Mm -hmm. You're watching these kids go towards this cliff with this bus driver speeding towards it, and this kid is just chanting. Yeah. Wrong way. Wrong way. He knows. It's weird. It's it really it's it's off putting. <laughs> like it, it really sets you on edge, and so he he lunges for the steering wheel, uh, knocks it into into drive, and the whole bus goes over with the, the with the driver. But according to legend, the bus driver made it out, but was never heard from again. And the and the kids, well, they were never heard from again either. Some say that uh, they were never found. Others say the town didn't want them to be found. <laughs> Others say they were a very happy life out in uh, Napa Valley. That's true. Yeah, they they went to Black a farm. Earth. They went to a farm upstate where they play around, um, and they're very happy. Yeah, they love it out there. Yeah, yeah, that's right. Um, I will say also the costumes that they're wearing are really terrifying. Oh, they're really 100%. scary, and they are actually based on a real picture that he found. I saw the picture online. It is so scary like it's like a real picture of kids who That's had terrible. like special needs that were like waiting to go to halloween oh, and it's really scary <laughs> and they do a really good job of kind of capturing that like weird off-putting vibe that it gives off yes, it does. <laughs> cut back to present day this urban legend that Macy was telling them she basically says that the reason they were actually collecting these pumpkins the jack-o'-lanterns is to leave them as a tribute to the dead let me be the first to say that's a fucking weird thing to do yes Macy. <laughs> like if I was, if I was, like, I understand that she's trying to fit in with these kids and she understands that, like, maybe uh, this is just, like, their vibe. But if I'm Rhonda, I'm like, peace, dog, I'm out of here. But at the same time, she had some mental health issues mm. and she loved Halloween. Yeah. She made a, a bunch of pumpkins. Uh, a bunch is putting it mildly. <laughs> a lot of pumpkins. Yeah, she made a it ton of pumpkins. All very detailed. Yes, it's true. And basically, they're, they're all going to go down. The other kids also seem very scared. Now, spoiler alert for like 10 minutes later in the movie, this is a prank on Rhonda. And they are terrible kids. They're terrible kids. It's a fucked up prank. Not only is the prank fucked up, but it's definitely fucked up because she also has mental health issues. Yeah. It's so, really punching down. Yeah. Just me. Yeah. I gotta say, though, those other kids are amazing actors. Oh, yes, they are. Because they really make you feel like they're scared as shit. I had no idea that... They were like, I had no idea it was yeah, a prank. Yeah, same same with Rhonda. If those kids didn't die later in the movie, they would have had promising acting careers ahead of them. <laughs> but they they go down into the fog, but they say that the elevator that leads down into the rock quarry can only hold three at a time safely. So, so real fast, speaking of the fog as well, mm-hmm. now, I'm not a horror movie expert, but I will say, if you ever see white fog like that your entire life that thick you should immediately do the opposite of whatever you planned Mm -hmm. yeah for sure oh man i'm gonna walk towards nope turn around yeah go home yeah you're gonna die it's it's really terrifying just like even just that fog yeah (laughs) i don't need anything else yeah you're gonna get lost you're gonna trip over stuff yeah especially going into like a weird spot like a quarry yeah bad juju all around yeah and so the so three of the group go down into the quarry, they say that the other two of you follow us. Rhonda gets left up at the top, and they see the kids down at the bottom, and like as they're descending, and they start screaming, and their jack o' lanterns get extinguished one by one. 
scary. Scary stuff. As we said, the fog, huge mistake. The, the kid who's in there with Rhonda is, like I said, doing a great job of acting like he's terrified. And so Rhonda says that she's going to go investigate and to stay, stay there and it, to leave the jack-o'-lantern lit because that will protect him. And she goes out to find him and all of a sudden some zombies rise up from the ground and start attacking her. She panics reasonably. These are great costumes. Yes. Professional um, designers. These yeah, guys have a career. Model. Yeah, it's really incredible. So these are this is the prank, the fucked up prank that these yes. kids are doing. They are chasing her. She goes back to the elevator. She sees the other kid is in there, fake dead. He's playing dead. He has like fake blood all over him. And awesome guts. Yeah, awesome guts. Oh man, they look like sausages. Yeah, it looks like he's been really torn up. And so she's freaking out. She stumbles backwards and she falls off a little bit of a cliff. And she cuts open her head. And they think that they've killed her. I thought that they killed her. Um, And so the kids all gather around her and they're like, oh shit, we fucked up. She does open her eyes and she starts freaking out again. And one of the kids, the one who was the nicest to her, I mean, kind of, but also it seemed like that was part of the ploy was to make, he's like a handsome kid and it yeah. feels like he was trying to get her to have a crush on him. I was very excited to see him nice to her. Yeah. And he turned into shit. Yeah, he was, uh, he was still an asshole. He was certainly, he was probably like the least assholey at the end. He felt the worst about it. And he did stay with her. He did. But yeah, so he, he's like, oh, it's just us. It was a, it was a shitty prank and she's still freaking out. Macy is like, oh, whatever, who cares? She's being a real bitch, frankly. (laughs) And as they're going back, they real zombies start to rise up out of the ground. And it's the kids. So you get like a, they're like half ghost, half zombie. Because it's like a little bit of both. A little little double flavor for you. Why not? Yeah, and they tear these kids up, except Rhonda still has her... Jack-o'-lantern lit, yep. and she's protected. She leaves them behind to get devoured by these ghost zombies. Calling at the gate. Very yeah, savage. they are. It's really intense. And she goes up, and she sees Sam, the spirit of Halloween, and right. they, yeah, they just go their separate ways. They don't really acknowledge each other, but they kind of do their thing. This kind of leads into our last one. The last vignette is the story of Mr. Krieg, the guy, the neighbor that we saw before. And he is, I mean, you get this from, from this, from the vignette with the principal, but he's a real curmudgeon. Basically, he's, even, even the director and writer, he, he literally referred to him as the Ebenezer Scrooge of Halloween. Like, you get the different, like, stages of assholes on this holiday, where you get the, the like, the fucked up kids, you get the fucked up middle-aged guy who is the killer... Uh, and then you get the fucked up old man, so you really get the full the full life story. You get to see all the variety of assholes. Yeah, yeah, you do. And so he's he's a dick, and some kids show up at his house. They they go trick or treat, and he like six his dog on them, who has like a cute little costume on, but it looks. It looks spooky. The dog oh, has like eyes. a has like a breathing problem, and so he's like wheezing at them, and he charges out at them, and he has glowing eyes, like you said, and uh, and he chases them away, and they drop their candy. And Very well thought out. But... Yeah, it was, it was. He knew what he was uh, what he was doing. This is not his first time. He's like, I do this every year. <laughs> he was not the asshole middle aged man. No, he was the asshole old man. Yeah, that's right. He knew what he was. Doing. That's right. He's got years years of uh, experience under his belt. So he chases them off. And they left their candy there, and he says, finders keepers. As you said, possession is nine-tenths of the law. And so that's that's his candy now, as far as he's concerned. He brings it in, and he's, things start being weird in the house. The dog is barking at what seems to be nothing. Doggy doors. Door yeah, like, doggy door is, is, like, swinging open and stuff. And so he's kind of looking around, trying to see what's up. Doesn't seem like anything's the matter, but he sees the dog barking upstairs, um, and so he goes up there to check, and there's there's like a fake out scare where you think that it's going to be the dog dead or something in the in the like the bed because there's like a lump in the bed, and it turns out that it's just like a mechanical toy and it's making like a whirring noise that sounded like the wheezing. So, haha, you got us. Good also, fake out. Very good props for someone that does on Halloween. Yeah, yeah. Well, who knows where it came from? That's true. The spirit of Halloween bestowed it upon him. <laughs> But when he turns around, 
friggin' pumpkin erupts in flames, like a huge flaming jack-o'-lantern, and written all over the walls and the ceiling in blood, I assume from the dog, is trick-or-treat, give us something good to eat. All over. All over. Very creepy. It's uh, it's very creepy for sure. Super cool effect. And from under the bed, Sam, here he is again, his time to shine in this... Uh, in this story. Very sweet movie. By yeah. Him. He pulls out a candy bar that he got from Principal Wilkins when he says, oh, didn't you get one? So he gives him the candy bar. And as Principal Wilkins always said, you got to check your candy. And there were razor blades in there. So he, Sam slashes out. He cuts the ankle of Mr. Krieg. Very, very good move. Yeah, yeah, that's a that's a clutch opening gambit right there. <laughs> you gotta take away their mobility. They they're fighting, they're fighting all over. It's a very fun scene. It's definitely the most action in yeah. the movie. Mister Creed getting in the shots. Yeah, he does. He he so he shoots Sam a couple times with a shotgun. That goddamn bastard. Yeah, and like pumpkin guts fly out. Yeah. <laughs> it's really Everywhere. funny. Yeah, um, it's he's literally just like made of pumpkin. Mister Creed was very confused by that. Yeah, and Sam has been wearing a bag on his head the entire time he pulls off the bag and he's got like a weird messed up jack-o'-lantern head so he really is just like a little little pumpkin boy boy. yeah he's a little he's a little cutie and uh basically mr creed thinks that he's killed sam he shoots him twice but when he ripped off his hand earlier in the movie the hand was still alive, and so uh, it, it attacks Mr. Krieg some more. Um, yeah, there's also, like, candy and razor blades all over the stairs, so Mr. Krieg steps on that, cuts himself up, falls down the stairs. His hands are all messed up from uh, from the razor blades and everything. Sam reassembles himself. Haha, ha, he was alive all along, you fool. <laughs> it was an amazing effect. Yeah, they just were like, just all right. Just squish yourself. If you ever cut off your arm, squish it back on. Yeah, it'll, it'll just work. It'll adhese. As long, disclaimer, as long as you are also made of pumpkin. Oh. <laughs> um, so, so don't try that at home, kids. Unless you're a little pumpkin boy. Yeah, then do whatever you want. <laughs> um, we love you. Yeah. <laughs> and, and so Mr. Krieg is... Uh, about to be murdered, and Sam comes at him with the razor-bladed candy, and he just picks the candy that Mr. Krieg had been eating earlier. Uh, he picks it off of him, and uh, it turns out that when he... He meant what he said. Uh, trick or treat, give him something good to eat. All he wanted. Yeah, and so he takes his candy, and he fucks right off. <laughs> and I will say, this was my favorite scene in the movie. It was? And I say that because Sam gets his candy, mm-hmm. chills out, after all the stuff you found out about him, oh yeah, telepath. Yep. Let's go. That's right. Opens that door with his mind. Yeah. Walks out and closes it behind him. That's like right. A little pumpkin boy. Yep. Knows about his Halloween. <laughs> yeah. Um. There. He's like a telekinetic, like Jean Grey. Another yeah. X Men movie connection. <laughs> Maybe that one's a little more tenuous than Maybe the other he's ones. A, uh, but... he's yeah. That's right. Story. Yes. Oh, he's Professor X has got to get him to the school. This is the secret tie into the X Men universe. Yep. Exactly. And he he walks off like you say, and turns out Mr. Krieg has learned his lesson. A couple more trick or treaters come to the door. He does indeed give them plenty of candy from the stores that he took from those other kids, but when he opens the door the second time it turns out that Rhonda led those kids uh, the ghost kids back to town she was protected because she had her jack-o'-lantern but we see in in the fireplace that the reason that this guy is such an asshole is because he was the bus driver Mystery um, was the monster. Yes, there you know it. It all comes tying back together, and the so the the ghost zombie children show up and they attack him, and there's a great kind of ending, not quite an epilogue, but just kind of like final wrap up where it looks like it's a bunch of comic yeah. book panels and then like the cover that show Mister Creed getting attacked by them. It's a nice little again homage to sort of that creep show vibe. I also really like that right before that when the Kids were at the door. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. And then they went to town. That's right. The animation um, was very cool. Yeah, and I think that kind of having it wrap up by like closing that comic book really helps to make it feel like this is kind of a comic book. It feels very serialized. It's very over the top in a good way. Very goofy. It's a bunch of very different stories that all yeah. come together in one storyline. Yeah. And so, so that's the end of the movie. And and all of these things have been connected. There's been other stuff in the background. The fighting couple from the prologue is in literally every 
vignette. Yep. They are always in the background in some capacity. I want to point out that this is the horniest town on Earth. Oh, yeah. We never <laughs> talked about the weird sex orgy. Yeah, there's, everyone is having sex in this town. But also, as Rhonda and Co. are walking through looking for pumpkins and jack-o'-lanterns, the kids stumble upon some, like, furry orgy. It's like a weird sex party that they got going on. And it's like, you know what? No king shaman over here. Right, but not either, on my podcast. Yeah, but either hand out trick-or-treat candy or have a weirdo sex orgy. Yeah, don't do Pick both. One. Don't, don't do both. both. That's against the rules. She also literally offers them a drink. She's like, it'll yeah. be my little secret. These are like 10-year-old kids. Yeah. It's, no, no care. It's, uh, it's intense. They, this town has a weird vibe. But there's there's no something in a wall here. Yeah. I'm curious. So you said that that one scene where he opens the door was your favorite scene. Is that your favorite vignette? That's a tough one. I would say it's either that or... The kids at the quarry. Mm-hmm. The kids at the quarry were very fun. Yeah. I liked Rhonda. Yeah. Like, she got a sweet witch costume that she says she made herself. Yeah. That's She dope. was super smart. Yeah. She knew the history of Halloween. Yeah. Samhain, she was as she says. There with her jack-o'-lantern, trying to be safe and having yeah, a good time. Yeah, doing her thing. These, those kids took advantage of her. They had awesome costumes. They yeah. come back to haunt them. Mm-hmm. Uh, they got caught by the chains. That's right. You live by the chain, you die by the chain. Yep. <laughs> That's a really good one. I think that... My favorite one is probably the Principal Wilkins one. I think that there's a lot of humor in it, but it kind of it's it's not like overpowering humor. Um, I don't think that that's the case for the rest of the movie either. But I think that the the jokes in it just really work, and they really play off of your knowledge of horror movies in yep. general. And so, like, kind of understanding the tropes and being like, oh, I feel like I know what this is all leading to. And then they really, they really, the switcheroo really gets me. I, I think that it's, um, it's a really good ending to that one. The thing I really liked about that one as well was uh, just the guy who played Prince, Principal Wilkins, mm-hmm. mainly because he typically plays like this kind of character. Yeah, but it was a much darker. Type. Uh, Principal Wilkins is played by Dylan Baker. Dylan uh, Baker. Yeah, he's a classic character actor. He he's shows in up everything. in a ton of stuff. Uh, we also, so yeah, let's talk about this cast real quick. It's a great cast, yeah. full of like people who are just famous enough that you're like oh i i know them um like i said anna paquin is probably the biggest star of the group yeah but brian cox is is he plays mr creed he's also a pretty big star he's been in a lot of great stuff you were telling me about succession i i hear great things about it on top of i thought i saw patrick wilson uh there's patrick gilmore is, is an actor in it. Not Patrick Wilson. Although I do think that the guy... Kind of looked like He him. looked like Patrick Wilson. Maybe that's where the, I... The fighting I couple, the husband of the yeah. fighting couple, looks like Patrick Wilson. Okay, so I'm not crazy. No, no, you're not. Well, um, I'm trying to... <laughs> you were wrong, but you're not crazy. <laughs> now it's just confirmed, so I can check it out. Yeah, so I think that the cast is really good. Uh, Leslie Bibb is also in this movie. She's, um, she's the counterpart of the fighting couple. She's really fun in it. And, yeah, it's just, like, a lot of people that you sort of recognize. James Wilson and Patrick Gilmore. <laughs> They're right next to each Yeah, it's true. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, we're looking at the, the billing here. And uh, in this particular billing, Patrick Gilmore and James Wilson are actually right next to each other. Easy mistake to make. Ryan, you are absolved of this, uh, of this error. Thank the Lord. I'm not nuts. <laughs> so, yeah, so it all, it all wraps up. I really like the way that it all kind of intertwines. And I think that it's just a fun, a fun movie. Now... Your scope is perhaps a little more limited, but tell me why, in your opinion, this is the best horror movie ever made. This is something that you were willing to kind of go in for and to, to and why you think that it's so good. I'd have to go back and say, look at my take on candy. Yeah. I love the take five. You just keep adding wow. things. Yeah. This is a movie that has every horror trope you can think of. It's true. It has vampires. It has werewolves. It has creepy kids. It has serial killers. Yeah. It has it all. It sure does. Not missing anything. No, uh, I think that that's a really good point. To me, this is the best horror movie of all time because it's... I think that, like you said, it has a little bit of everything, but I think that also the way that it balances kind of the legitimate tension, and there are some good scares in it with that humor that we've been talking about this entire movie. In the werewolf storyline, when they're peeling off the, like, skin suit chrysalis thing, like... One of the best things. It's really gross-looking. Like, the ba- the back of it is, like, fleshy and bloody. It's really nasty. Like I said, when they're walking down the stairs and you think that Principal Wilkins is going to kill his son, it's really tense. Um, I think that he does a really masterful job of kind of balancing the two 
sides of it, which is something that is not easy to do. There are a lot of horror comedy movies that tip the scales too far in one direction or the other, and it winds up making the whole thing just kind of feel flaccid because you don't you get too much of one and not enough of the other. So that's why I think this is the best horror movie of all time. I also want to say that this is one of my particular favorite Halloween movies. This is our Halloween episode. Halloween is a couple days from now, and this is a movie that I watch. I've made it a part of my Halloween traditions. Um, I always watch it in October since I've seen it the first time. I think it's a lot of fun. I think that if you're out there and you haven't seen it, that you should check it out. Maybe make it a part of your Halloween viewing experience. This movie, it came out in 2007, so it ha- it, like it's not it's pretty recent, but... It just kind of feels like the kind of movie that has been with you your entire life. Yeah. Like, it feels like the kind of thing you you grow up watching, and I think that it does a really good job. It's not particularly long, so it's, it's a nice, tight story that weaves all these different plot elements together in a really great way. So I definitely encourage you, if you haven't seen this one, to go out there and watch it. Ryan, thanks for coming on, man. Is there uh, anything that you want to plug before you go? Oh, not really. You can find me on Twitter at Ryan T. Lonergan. What, uh, what's something you like? Just plug, plug someone else's something then. Huh, something I like. So, I'm a big comic book guy. Right now, I definitely recommend the Hoxbox series, House of X, Powers of X. That yeah. wrapped up. Me and George have been talking about that a lot lately. Yeah, that's right. Former guest Joe Kroll, also a big proponent of the House of X, Powers of X books as well. Yeah, Jonathan yeah. Hickman is writing those. The art in them is fantastic as well. Yes. They actually just wrapped up. So uh, you can go and get the whole series at your local comic book store. I encourage that as well. Uh, They're both really great. So good plug, Ryan. (laughs) Um, uh, As far as me, uh, you can find me on Twitter at GergHeff. You can find the show's Twitter at LittleHorrorPHL. Follow along. Let us know what you think of uh, Trick or Treat if you've seen it. Uh, Let us know what movies you do watch for Halloween if you don't watch this movie. And uh, also let us know what you think of the Reese's Reese's controversy. Only if you're correct. Uh, Yes, exactly. Only if you're correct, people, which is my side. That's it. Ryan can't say anything else. Uh, Happy opposite day. (laughs) All right. Happy Halloween, everyone. Thanks for listening. And uh, enjoy watching a nice horror movie on Halloween. Bye. Bye.